Welcome to Cancre, home of Canada's Korean media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And I'm just tweaking my levels there, trying to make sure I'm in the right spot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you... we are... Well, good to see you, Sebastian. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know what? I was cleaning. You know how sometimes you just got got a clean house, mm -hmm. uh, literally with, you know, a, a, a mop. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I, don't mm -hmm. own, I own a Swiffer. I don't know. I haven't owned a mop in years. Where was I going with this? Yes, I was cleaning. And mm -hmm. uh, Jake, who is Vietnamese, not remotely, not not one iota of Christian. Just, just I think his, his family's Buddhist by the books. Okay, uh, we yeah. were cleaning and he put on uh, Christmas music. Okay, okay. And without fail, my favorite Christmas song of all time is... The also, Mariah Carey uh, it is Marilyn not Manson Mariah mashup. Carey. Okay. Did you know there's a Mariah Carey Marilyn Manson mashup? A Marilyn Manson mashup. I don't think yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. the Mariah Carey Marilyn Manson mashup. All I want for Christmas is the beautiful people. You know what? I'm I'm going to immediately <laughs> go and listen for that. Now, my my favorite is actually Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Oh which yes, is okay, yeah. Notorious for mm -hmm. its uh, use yes. of the slur, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but even with that, you know, it, there's there's always this debate: will they, won't they? In terms of playing it, we're not going to play it today because uh, we're not going to inundate our poor defenseless listeners with more Christmas music, mm -hmm. even if it is the classic drunken ballad of Okay, yeah, Fairy it Tales is, New yes. York. Um, but yeah, the the BBC a couple of years ago pulled a uh, a radio friendly edit of the song. Okay. Uh, essentially, it's the same song, but without the homophobic slur in it. Okay. Um, and now BBC Radio 2, just this past uh, week or so, confirmed... Did they call him a haggis instead? <laughs> you, you scumbag, you haggis. No, you scumbag, you haggis, you cheap, lousy haggis. You know haggis. what? Cheap, lousy haggis does sound like an insult. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be profoundly insulting in, in, in to any Scottishman. <laughs> um, you might get a kick out of this. Speaking of uh, my partner, Jake, he works mm -hmm. with a lot of francophone plumbers a lot of uh, yes. uh, lots of quebecois uh, plumbers mm -hmm. um and uh if someone gets on his nerves he calls them a soggy poutine okay okay it, it just i mean it's not not a real insult but i feel like if you're quebecois to be referred to as a soggy poutine uh would in a way be insulting Anyway. Should, should I teach him actual French swear words? Should, would that be beneficial to him? No, we don't. This is not the kind of education that we're that we're looking for here. We're not. We're, we're not trying. So that's to... a yes. You're saying. No, you're saying that's, yes, that's please. That's a profound no. He can contact my partner and fiance and teach educate him, him on how to swear in French. No, no. Okay, got it. Got now, it. We'll somebody do. who has had a truly terrible day is the uh, Saskatchewan man Dwayne Belcourt. Now, mm -hmm. Dwayne Belcourt recently, uh, his husband, Merrill Duncan, uh, died from stage four liver cancer. It was quite, uh, quite horrific in, in August. This story has kind of been circulating through. I think it's the Globe and Mail that picked it up. Okay. Um, got a phone call about organ tissue donation, uh, stating that uh, the husband was a perfect match, uh, the recently deceased husband, perfect mm -hmm. match for organ donation in Saskatchewan. Okay. And uh, then at the at the 11th hour, on the day that the husband has passed, so it's, it's not, we're not talking about a, you know, a, a reasonable mourning period later, because uh, of course I would imagine the, the recently deceased, you want to move relatively quickly 
on uh, on organ, on donation, their organ yeah. donations. Absolutely. Um, so this individual, he is now in talks with a lawyer over what options are available. So Dwayne Belcourt, because uh, on the same day, they then asked. Uh, if uh, his deceased husband had had intimate relations with a man in the last five years. Mm -hmm. This is a question that came up day of the passing. This poor man is probably not in in the best headspace. Anyone who's lost a loved one would, you know, scrabble with uh, with these uh, with these questions. They've mm -hmm. been married uh, in April of 2022, but they've been together for over 20 years prior to that. Uh, mm -hmm. He confirmed his deceased husband had uh, a sexual history, um, and then was told essentially, "No, we we're not going to accept any organ donations." Mm -hmm. And uh, the Saskatchewan Public Health Office has responded to it. You know, essentially, the guy is calling discrimination. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Quite yeah, yeah. happy to take the organs one minute. You find out he's a practicing homosexual, and then pff, no, thank you very much. Um, so I mean, they, if, they're, if, if they're worried about bloodborne infections, they should be testing for that anyway. Well, just, I think just test it. Yeah, the Saskatchewan Health Authority has some sense. They claim to be following the guidance from the Public Health Canada. Uh, but I'm, oh, I'm not sure, this again. It's, I'm sure yeah. it's not a claim. I'm, I'm confident, you know, Saskatchewan Public Health is following the guidance of, uh, you know, Canadian Public Health, uh, that of which I am sure. Uh, which periodically gets updated as new research and evidence uh, mm -hmm. emerges. Now, for those who may not be aware, we've been following the ban on uh, homosexual men donating blood for many years. You know, it used to be, I think, a blanket ban, and then it was a 10-year abstinence, um, and then it was a one-year abstinence, and then it was three months and now mm -hmm. they're actually asking the question, have you done a thing that is risky, yes or no? Um, mm -hmm. And now they're, they're screening based on behavior, not mm -hmm. just on orientation. So this has been something that's been, you know, this has been in the news over the last 10 years. And the liberals well, it's, finally it's so weird, though, because if they're testing to, to make sure that you're, you're, you're compatible in terms of uh, blood type and uh, hi oh god, I can't remember that histo something complex or like even just bone marrow, making sure that you're you're compatible donor recipient kind of thing. They they would be testing for everything else anyway. Mm -hmm. They would be testing to make sure that you don't have malaria. They would test be testing to make sure that you don't have. Um, uh, oh God, the list, the list of things has just flown out of my brain. But yeah, uh, sensitivity well, to the lung infection thing. Can't I remember. think there's worth adding a little bit of context here. And I think it's often context that gets lost in these kind of discussions. Okay. First of all, it is terrible to one, one minute say, your husband's an excellent donor uh, candidate. And then the next minute to say, I'm sorry, as a practicing homosexual, we can't uh, we can't take any any tissue donation. There's a sense of things going to waste. But I believe in this case, it was an ocular donation, so it was a, a an eyeball. Okay. Okay. And uh, or just bit, the lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a bit yeah. more uh, specific in those donations, and what they're doing is because of the speed at which these organ donations happen. Uh, mm -hmm. screening is one of the key ways that they expedite the process. You know, you can't, you know, test everything for all the things. So you, uh, you, you 
make up a bit of time with some screening questions. At least that seems to be the sense of what uh, what uh, Saskatchewan Public Health is saying. I don't know, I think it's a fine line. I, w I brought this up as a conversation today because after the blood ban being lifted, I was surprised to hear of organ donations uh, being prohibited, uh, mm. at least in Saskatchewan. Now, it's worth noting to our listeners that uh, organ donation is a provincial um, uh, jurisdiction, so it's up to the each province's health uh, yeah, I was going to say, so earlier when you brought this up and I said, oh, not this again, uh, it's because we've seen this before in Ontario and Quebec where the feds say, well, we're not actually in charge of regulating the healthcare industry. That's up to the provinces. And then it's the like provinces a Spider-Man meme. They're all pointing in different directions. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're all pointing at each other. I mean, this is this is the effect of being in the software industry. Like th there's a thing called being an owner in the smaller software industry. If you're a product owner, if you're a service owner, like I am the documentation owner in my company, it doesn't mean that I possess it or that I own it. It means that I own the responsibility. It means if something doesn't happen on time, the buck stops with me. And we don't have anything like that right now with so many issues. Like people can just point to another department and you can't just say who is ultimately finally responsible for this kind of thing. And it's so frustrating how frequent there are these weird spider-man meme loops of just everyone pointing at each other and it, it's like somebody out there didn't get a, a retina donation or a lens yeah. donation or an yeah. eyeball donation in time because of this because there there was just a, a little bit of a whoopsie to do with a bunch of departments not talking to each other like that's that, that there's real end suffering out there and i mean i definitely feel pain for the 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 poor man who lost his husband but i mean what about the recipient who's gonna have to just go without now some of those things like marrow mm -hmm. take years to find a match and now they're just gonna be like oh well too bad throw it in the trash like I, there's yeah potential well, I mean, recipients the, the out there those are the people yeah, who hurt yeah. the most you know, i don't know the whole thing is frustrating it is and i think that's the sense you get from this interview on the on the global mail about this mm. is really just the frustration like not only is this it's literal insult to injury you know yeah, the yeah, man's yeah. lost his husband and then you're being you know it's it's ridiculous i remember when we were covering the blood ban mm -hmm. that I think in one of the provinces they would take organs but not blood which made me speculate as whether or not they were rinsing them off at the back like I don't know how you 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 differentiate between those two but uh, you soak them in brine you so soak them in brine are you referring With, uh, to pickling are two bay leaves and some peppercorns <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the public health authorities are pickling organs, at least uh, not uh, not officially. But this is this is surprising. The Saskatchewan uh, Health Authority essentially responded, offering a bit of clarity, noting that they are working on uh, updating the guidelines, and specifically, I think noted that uh, the way the conversation happened was certainly not ideal for for the man and his husband. He's going to explore options uh, as they move forward mm -hmm. you know the real crux of the issue was uh, he asked them on the phone do you ask this question of straight people and the mm -hmm. answer was no 
So is it actually related to the practice and risk factors related to HIV, or is it solely based on sexual orientation? And until mm -hmm. Saskatchewan Public Health Authority uh, can really answer that specific question, they can claim that it, or they do claim uh, that the decision is not based on orientation, but it is a screening practice based on behavior. Uh, maybe also the person in, on the phone wasn't uh, as In current as year, uh, intravenous uh, drug use is a higher risk group anyway. I believe in Saskatchewan, I think you're right. I think yeah. in Saskatchewan, it is the, the, the leading cause of new HIV cases. Now, it's worth noting that uh, HIV is all over the news this week and last week as um, a number of uh, organizations celebrated, not celebrated. They know um, they didn't celebrate. They, 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 they observed. Observed. And that's the word yeah. I was looking for. Observed <laughs> World AIDS Day. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure I get, because you don't really want to celebrate, uh, no. you know, a, a global, um, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not great. So we've talked a lot about the Community-Based Research Center. They are a, a non-profit organization based in Vancouver, done incredible work. I think we interviewed mm -hmm. them on uh, the health impacts of poppers, if I remember correctly. Uh, that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Oh! year ago i think it was about a year ago oh, okay um, yeah yeah so it's indigenous AIDS awareness week i think we may and that may have been last week for those uh listening or, or if you're listening live it would have been uh, it is this week uh, mm -hmm. but yeah so the big piece of news coming from the cbrc the community-based research center is that they'll be providing fifteen thousand hiv self-cast ticks self no self test kit. There we go. Self test kits to you got there queer, yeah. I know I got it was a, it was a struggle um, to queer and trans folks throughout Canada, not just obviously in Vancouver, but throughout the whole country. Um, really in a in a in a targeted move to mm. remove common barriers to testing, uh, mm. really making it uh, available to test uh, at home. Now, the reason well, why if you're they, talking yeah, about the indigenous ahead. community, then you're I mean, that's especially beneficial to remote uh, remote and northern communities, mm -hmm. um, even um, even some of the, the communities uh, that are not necessarily remote or northern, because like there's oh, what's it called? Eagle Village near Lake Temiskaming. That's the one that uh, my family actually visits regularly because we have family who lives there. Um, uh, they are, they're not really northern or remote, but they are a three-hour drive from the closest doctor's office, so, because uh, it is western Quebec. So, yeah, this is definitely, like, the the, the at-home do-it-yourself test kits are, are pretty important for a lot of these communities. I mean, even a lot of the, the remote northern communities in general um, have issues with, with basic self-health care. So, I mean, some of these do-it-yourself test kits are well i mean i don't want to say do it yourself because you got to send it off to a lab but still it, it's these are important and I, i'm so glad they exist now well the last piece of it um kind of uh, news i have on that is actually related to the food and drug administration in the united states mm -hmm. uh, who according to the wall street journal is reviewing the three-month uh, time prohibition. So this is uh, something that Canada had in place for, for a little while. It was really a stopgap between their one-year uh, abstinence policy to a three-month abstinence. Um, uh -huh. The what is it? The Wall Street Journal claims that the FDA is looking at uh, essentially removing this restriction. So Ooh. presumably following Canada and I think Germany, France, and 
dozens of other countries um, change in policy from a time abstinence-based approach to risk management to an actual behavioral mm-hmm. risk management uh, model. You know, have you done something that would put you at risk of contracting HIV? If mm-hmm. yes, sorry, no, no donations. Uh, if no, you know, please, uh, please line up and, and donate. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's big news. World AIDS Day, uh, December 1st, certainly triggered a lot of conversation about this. The mm-hmm. Big thing, I think, for, for everyone listening is the knowledge of being tested. Mm-hmm. You know, HIV yep. is transmit, you know, it's spreading in Canada, um, not due in large part for, to folks simply not knowing that they are HIV positive. Although there was a, a recent article, uh, oh, where did I read it? Uh, well, I know that there's multiple provinces that are very worried about the, there's these emergent clusters. Oh, here you go. And, uh, British, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and uh, Nova Scotia. They're avoiding calling them outbreaks because that has a very specific medical meaning. Or uh, not not medical, but uh, not epistemological. Epidemiology has a very specific definition of what it means to be an outbreak. So we don't use that word. They're just clusters of new HIV cases that are higher than what you would normally expect. And in every case, when they actually looked into it, they found that people were uh, undergoing proper testing or as close to near proper testing as they could. But the labs were backed up because of COVID Mm -hmm. and that there has been such a backlog and and backup on the medical system and the lab testing in Canada because of this. And it put a lot of people at risk, uh, people who were doing what they believed to be the right thing, and they just never got an answer back. And uh, this is this is part of what's happening now. So there are concerns about that, that there, there may be uh, more backlogs that we have to go through. So the, the testing, even people who were testing properly there was just a backup at the lab so in certain certain uh clusters as you mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. so not uh, not universally across the country um but yeah no please if you are a uh, in, engaging in 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 adult activities uh mm-hmm. with with various people you know go and go and play, you know be safe and uh, get tested because not knowing is what's causing the spread of hiv in this country mm-hmm. and uh, it is one of the easiest things to solve if you don't want to necessarily go and have a conversation with your doctor go and check out the community research you know community-based research center um mm-hmm. and see if we can get one of those uh at home hiv testing kits so definitely all part of that process now we're going to jump to our first track this is the world is falling apart featuring serena Ryder by ria may huge ria may fans here mm-hmm. and um i also quite like serena Ryder, but uh, i'm not sure how you feel about serena Ryder. Eh, she's fine okay oh well, well ambivalence is uh <laughs> is what you can say all right this is world is falling apart by ria may featuring serena Ryder. we'll be back just after this Stand you. You pull the rug from under me just to see what I can handle. Rip the whole day apart just like a piece of paper. Write it in an email while you gotta be a hater. I've been trying to write up a list of why I should stay or save it for another day. We could feed the fire and dance around in 
Welcome back to Cancri, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Dilluk Smith. I'm Sebastian, and we almost missed that cue. We we were just, we were, what's the phrase, jamming? We were jamming? Well, I attribute it to the fact that the longest night of the year is coming up, and it's very much that sleepy, sleepy, nap time, cuddly blanket time of year, where oh, everyone's yes. just a little bit dumb. Yeah, what, what? That's oh, <laughs> impacted by, uh, let's just say that impacted by, um, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know the the, the lack of daylight hours, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the transition uh, in, in, in time, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to go with. Now, mm -hmm. I was going to start off with a, uh, a story. We were maybe more flippant than it warranted because i think last week we discussed a tweet by the russian embassy in canada the the government of russia's official representation yeah. uh, i mean in our defense it wasn't diplomatic so much representation 
it was this just happened it was like two hours or three hours before we went on air and it's like we have nothing to report other than this tweet happened and people are saying something should come of it but we don't know what yet yeah it was just it was too fresh it was yeah. too fresh well for our listeners who were like what what are, i mean what really i think the the argument i made at the time which i I stand by uh-huh. is a country that has or is in the process of invading a neighboring innocent non-confrontational country tweets a mean thing mm-hmm. is not that shocking you know we're not no, really well, yeah. looking you know if if the Vatican tweeted this maybe there'd be a bit more bit more eyebrow raise but uh Let's just say the, the, the Russians are not the bastion of uh, global morality at the moment. The Russian state is not the bastion of global morality at the moment. Certainly not these days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So when they tweeted, and I quote, it's all about family. Family is a man and a woman and children with a picture of the rainbow flag with a, a sort of a, a crossed out, uh, like no entry sign sort of. Red the, yeah, the, the do not thing. Yeah, the do not uh, of it all. Um, but apparently that was just the the start of what is almost like a Twitter flame war between the official government representation of Russia in Canada and uh-huh. various openly gay ministers in the Canadian government. Okay. Who are scratching their heads going, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. what, what is this, this madness? Um, the Russian um, diplomat, uh, the the ambassador from Russia, apparently also tweeted at uh, one of the the ministers. Uh, I'm going to get her name here. I had it uh, I had it in front of me, but I've I've moved away from that particular um, that particular post. Yeah. So the the Russian ambassador to Oleg Stabanov is apparently the one who is behind these uh, various tweets. Um, and it wasn't just the generic, no, you know, family is man and woman tweets, but mm-hmm. also targeted tweets to certain openly gay ministers, including Pascal Solange, uh, saying, who said Russian propaganda is not welcome in Canada, which I think is a pretty reasonable statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Russia in Canada embassy Twitter account replied, Madame, with all due respect to your opinion, will you please explore and explain how you appeared in the world? Because that is uh, the solution there. I, okay, that's that's weird. That is weird. That is yeah. that is fundamentally weird. The, Was she uh, in the news recently? Is there something we should know? No, no, she just responded being like, that is okay. the Canadian value. Okay, um, okay. And now uh, the Russian ambassador, uh, through the official Twitter account, <laughs> like if he had said that appeared. to like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Minister Ford in Ontario or, or or someone who's sort of an international political figure, like somebody who's so big they've bled out of Canada onto the international stage, then yeah, that would be a thing. But I don't know. No, it was it was in response to uh, calling out Russian propaganda coming from this Twitter account. Hmm. And uh, which, you know, is what I would expect of Canadian politicians. You know, if the uh, Syrian Twitter account of uh, Bashir al-Assad was tweeting homophobic comments, I would likewise expect some kind of response from the Mm -hmm. Canadian government. 
Uh, anyway, the um, uh, Foreign Affairs Minister, Melanie Jolie, uh, had summoned the Canadian, um, the Russian ambassador in Canada, Oleg Stepanov, um, to, to answer for these tweets. Now, uh, for those who, who know international, uh, international relations and the such, uh, an official summoning of the ambassador is, is a pretty serious, you know, thing. It's not, a, it's not a small deal. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely yeah. Uh, of concern for sure. You know, I'm still unsurprised mm -hmm. that, you know, pariah state tweets mean things. Okay, you know, These yes. things are not, uh, not surprising. But I think a lot of people have drawn a connection here to the larger debate on LGBT rights. So this is the same time as Russia has now, uh, Vladimir Putin actually signed into law um, the expansion of the don't say gay propaganda laws mm -hmm. in, in Russia. So the, mm -hmm. the don't say gay law originally came into force in Russia in 2018, which forbade media uh, from uh, going to under-18s to promote what officials call the non-traditional values. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's uh, up to a $5,000 equivalent fine for anyone who is found to be in breach of the law. Organizations can be uh, fined up to 60000 Non-nationals can face up to 15 days in prison and expulsion from Canada. Now, just to be very clear here, uh, a Facebook status could lead to a $5,000 sign. Fine. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, yeah. You know, a recorded conversation anywhere can lead to a $5,000 fine. And what it has meant is prides all over Russia have been shuttered almost overnight by this law. Right. You know, the, the local municipalities are, have used this as the, the, the nail in the coffin. The mm -hmm. only openly trans member of parliament in Russia stepped down immediately after the State Duma introduced this legislation, noting that, uh, you know, she doesn't go about propagandering LGBT rights, but her own existence is now propaganda, um, and it would be untenable for her to continue. A lot of uh, activists have actually fled Russia and been declared mm -hmm. a foreign agents as a result of this. But let's be... I mean, yeah, I mean knowing what we know about history... Uh, Polari, they're just going to develop their own version of Polari. They're, they're going to develop some kind of a coded jargon that outsiders don't understand. It's, it's just going to be like 1940s America again uh, in Russia. They're going to they're gonna develop some way of speaking. I mean, for those who don't know, that's where words like gay and twink come from, where they sort of uh, uh, encoded common topics of conversation um, into these sort of hard to decipher terms for outsiders. My favorite is there's about seven different ways of saying police officer and you never use the same one twice in a row mm. so that people don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I think your ugly Aunt Margaret is one of them, I believe. It's been a while since I've looked up Polari. But yeah, I, honestly, people are resilient. I, they're going to find a way. Unfortunately, it's really bad now. Uh, but I, I do believe in... in, in the long arc to, of history? The long arc of history. I believe in their ability to either escape or be resilient within the within the system. But um, let's, you know, it's it's one thing to have faith and hope for 
you know, queer Russians to to evolve in this uh, mm -hmm. far more restrictive environment. But, you know, I'm looking at a tweet here from Amnesty International, and they say, you know, the bill, this bill deprives LGBTI people their right to freedom of expression uh, and endorses their discrimination, uh, risking a rise in hate crimes. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, a carte blanche. This is the green light to any thug with uh, with a grudge mm -hmm. to tackle anyone who's a little bit effeminate. Or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's state... Uh, they're abdicating protecting queer folks essentially in the, in this one. Um, one thing I wanted to say is, uh, well, who is this? Pinknews.co.uk uh, had a conversation and they were following up the State Duma Information Committee Chairman Alexander uh, Kinstein, mm -hmm. uh, who said that, that the initial law was insufficient. Um, looking to fully extend the ban on propaganda, uh, including audience that, audiences that are offline, media outlets, internet, social media, as well as in uh, cinemas and theaters. So, mm. you know, shouting I'm gay into a large room would now be a contravention of this law. Um, also stating that since the country began the invasion of the Ukraine, uh, the law has gained new relevance, saying that this is not only a battlefield, uh, not only on the battlefield, but the, the war is not only on the battlefield, but also in the minds and souls of people. So this Russian attack on LGBT folks is very much framed in the larger context of Russia's attack on the Ukraine. You know, they very much see this as uh, tackling Western idealism. They, uh, mm. the, 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 the Russian embassy accused uh, Canada of supporting neoliberalism, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and just I think that that broader context is certainly something that we need to we need to keep an eye on. I mean, something that came up during discussion over the the uh, the reaction in Qatar um a lot of people have been talking about how their fundamental human rights as lgbt people have been violated and um there a talking point sort of a, a dark truth came out which is uh far more people about two-thirds of the world live in countries uh that do not have any protections or human rights whatsoever for lgbt folks and more than half of the countries so more than two-thirds of people live in more than half the countries of which there are no fundamental human rights for lgbt folks it's 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 kind of tragic but it's not kind of a, a fundamental human right because it's not universal it is a sort of an exceptional right that only some countries have implemented and looking at what's happening in Qatar, looking at what, what's happening in Russia, it, it's kind of highlighting that fact that there is this sort of uh, exceptional environment in, I don't want to just broadly say the West, because it's also true of many places in Southeast Asia, they have human rights. And you know, there's a growing number of places in uh, South America and the Caribbean, blah, 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 like, you know, I want to I want to put all the caveats I should, but it is still fundamentally kind of exceptional less than half of humanity lives in a place where it's safe so it, it is just sort of a reminder of what the the world looks like out there well i mean we we have the misfortune i suppose of, of keeping an eye on uh queer stories from all over the world including for example the taliban so they announced that they are going to be fully enforcing uh sharia law 
And uh, just this past week, 12 people, including three women, uh, were flogged in front of thousands of people at a football stadium mm-hmm. um, for moral crimes. Uh, somebody had been flogged uh, 39 times, uh, so 39 lashes for uh, homosexuality or engaging in uh, in homosexuality. But it's not just the Taliban. I was looking earlier to... Uh, Two soldiers in Indonesia were jailed for having gay sex um, as well in the conservative province of Aceh. Mm-hmm. So it, it is all over the place. And that, I think, reminds me of an article I saw. Well, not an article, an op-ed submitted by Doug Kerr, who is with the Dignity Network, uh, really talking about why this anti-gay tweet from the Russian embassy is really important because mm-hmm. what it does is it sort of crystallizes this uh, the, the, the sort of opposites here. You know, Canada, which is really very much about protecting anyone's right to express themselves and mm-hmm. uh, not persecuting simply for who they who they love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you compare that to Russia. You compare that to the Taliban in Afghanistan. You compare that to, to other countries. And uh, maybe there is an expectation here that maybe Canada should be doing more, you mm. know, maybe looking at where does our aid money go and tying those to to protections and human rights. You know, where are we where do we want our tax dollars to to support? You know, do we want to reinforce regimes where folks are being, um, you know, brutalized in this way? Mm. And, uh, I don't know. It's this this. This Twitter storm, I think, has sparked yet again a, a global conversation about what Canada should be doing on the world stage. It's also just sort of a a weird, not political, sort of diplomatic sign that uh, the embassy just kind of doesn't care. Like, normally what they would do is they would play nice. You know, we're guests in your country. We don't have to agree with everything you're doing. I mean, that's literally true anyway. That's why we're different countries. We don't have to agree with everything the U.S. or the U.K. are doing either. You know, it's that's part of the the, the privilege of being in a separate country. Um, but in the very least, you are polite to the country that you're in. You know, they are they are your host. You are the guest. You at least pretend to play along a little bit and maybe you speak out about certain things you know we we don't like this particular law you you talk about it like an adult but this is just so flippant it just kind of shows that i don't know it could be that there's something going on in russia or it could be that there's just no oversight that the uh the russian embassy in canada because putin and the russian sort of nation as a government is so focused elsewhere that their their political figures and their their uh, dignitaries are just sort of running amok and nobody cares so i mean it is kind of a sign of that as well that nobody stepped in to be like come on guy i know you think that but the least you could do is just not tweet that you know just just say that say that to your bodyguard while sitting in your office sipping tea do that but don't go on twitter and and do that like that it's a different beast when you do that and i i just don't think there's anybody paying attention right now well, no, and there's certainly, I, I mean, I, I imagine the Russians are a little distracted uh, yeah. trying to invade the Ukraine. So the it's not just all doom and gloom on the world stage for LGBT folks. Uh, for example, in Singapore, uh, mm-hmm. just last week or so, the parliament uh, decriminalized sex between men. They okay. did, however, 
move the definitions of marriage into the sort of legislative realm. So where okay. they have decriminalized uh, homosexual uh, acts, uh, the marriage uh, question remains to be seen. And also there was an interesting court decision in Japan where the oh. court, Tokyo District Court ruled uh, around the same day, actually, that the ban on same-sex marriage was constitutional. Okay. Um, but the absence of a legal system to protect same-sex couples is an infringement on their rights. So uh, essentially calling it... Um, ridiculous that uh, irrational i think was the the phrasing used that mm -hmm. yes the 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 ban on accessing marriages is is fine but the lack of any equivalence means that uh japanese same-sex couples don't have the equivalence in terms of rights and, and privileges and that is an issue so whether mm -hmm. or not japan will explore opening up same-sex marriage or explore creating an equivalent we shall see but i just wanted to bring those in as a bit of a contrast that there are some stories uh, coming from around the world uh, where lgbt rights is on the up uh, and not just uh, just being curtailed left right and center so yeah we'll we'll keep an eye on it and other stories as we move along when we get back i want to talk about drag queens and armed guards Oh, and, yes, okay. Uh, we'll be back just after this, which is Parfait Noël by Coeur de Barrette. J'ai vu la neige poser comme un lot Vos vents peu amener des espoirs d'une meilleure année Yeah. 
to Cancuia, home of Canada's queer media. I do realize that mm-hmm. that was a French song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The uh, uh, I was uh, it was pointed out to me by by Sebastian that earlier I had said promised a lack of <laughs> of, uh, of French and uh, of lack of French a lack of Christmas um, Christmas music. Y- yeah, uh, yeah. And then play a lovely French uh, uh, pop song by. Um, Mm-hmm. By, uh, um, yeah, and it's right in the title as well. Noel is the French word for yes, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it's also know. my grandmother's name. She was born on Christmas. Oh, so her name was Noella. Nobody ever got her a Christmas present, and she was just like, "My family is here. That's the best present I could have." Oh, I mean, that sounds like a cop out, to be honest. No, no, she was born to be a grandma. Oh, she, I see. she loved being a grandma. Having the entire family there genuinely was the best gift she could have. My grandmother's name was Eyeless, which is Snowdrop in Welsh, which is a very neat name. It also means without anger. Eyeless? Uh, without ire? Yeah. Oh, sure. I, oh, ireless. No, no, it's E O E Y R. Oh, it's been a long time since so I've had to write my grandmother's name down. Um, okay, so glad the gays and lesbians against defamation i think is what they are but Mm -hmm. essentially glad is now a large uh, us-based organization looking at uh, various uh, anti-lgbt legislation and acts Mm -hmm. they issued a report that found in the last year there have been 124 at least 124 attacks on drag queens and drag events uh, across the United States. Um, this is just based on what they were able to find from news reporting. A lot of, you know, a lot of attacks on drag events may not have been uh, reported. This did not include the shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs that we recently reported on, um, mm-hmm. with uh, Texas and North Carolina having the largest number of attacks on drag queens. They also noted in their recent report that nine legislative bodies had proposed bans or restrictions on drag artists uh, in the last year. None of them passed. You know, they were very much the reserve of the the most extreme of the, the politicians. But... I mean, there, there's such a definitional issue there. If you're going to ban drag, I mean, do, do you consider a woman wearing pants to work drag 
Mm-hmm. When you, do you, you draw can, the line? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If a man wears a, a shirt that's a little bit too loose, is it now a blouse and he's mm. cross-dressing it? It's just there comes a point where you have to sit down and ask yourself, how are we going to define this in a way where a jury of your peers can universally agree on whether or not some ambiguous stimulus passes the definition of the law or not? Can you make a law? that conclusively pretty clearly defines what the barrier between drag and just dressing a little eccentrically is. I, I don't know. The, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's absurd. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they, they, they decriminalized homosexuality in, the Canada, in Canada in the first place, was they looked at the legal system and they basically said, this is impossible to enforce. It's incredibly expensive. We would save so much money by just ignoring it. I don't know. It, it seems like such a headache to write those laws, enforce those laws, define those laws, train people on how to interpret those laws. It's a waste of everyone's time. Well, I, I agree with you. I think banning drag performances is certainly going to be a, a mess. But the the real concern here is the actual attacks that have taken place on drag events. Mm -hmm. So much so that the Department of Homeland Security in the U.S., recently warned of a, quote, heightened threat environment for LGBTQ people and minorities in particular. So uh, Mayakas, the uh, security secretary, Homeland Security Secretary, was recently um, did a press, uh, press event uh, noting that. Um, yeah, and I think the National Terrorism Advisory System in the United States also noted uh, that there are threat actors uh, turning on drag queens. And we're starting to see drag responding to these quite visceral threats and attacks. Um, one of my all-time favorite drag queens, uh, Jinx Monsoon, recently added armed guards to her performances. Uh, in addition to other things that were already in place, including um, exit routes from inside the venue, metal detectors, escape routes, you know, they are they are taking the 124 attacks that have already taken place very seriously. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine going to a, you know, a, a pop-up light entertainment with armed guards because there are fanatics out there so, uh, so deranged that the only, uh, the only option they see is, is violence. I mean, it, it is, it is, what is ridiculous is the extremes to which drag folks have now had to go to protect themselves and mm -hmm. the innocent patrons who want to come and engage. I mean, yeah, it's so weird how, how drag is taking the brunt of this. And it's the, the I, I would love to look at the, the curve of increased number of uh, attacks against drag performers versus attacks against the LGBT community in general, or like, are they, I don't know what, what, what's going on here? Does it have to, is, is this about the LGBT community as a whole? Is this specifically about drag? Is this at its core, at its core, an anti-trans thing? I, I mean, um, all of the above, you know, we, if you cast your mind back on the, the sort of long art arc of homophobic uh, mm -hmm. history, allegations of gay men not being trusted with children has always been uh, a homophobic uh, um, narrative. It's why it took so long for equal access to adoption, to fostering, mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, um, other types of, uh, of um, 
childbearing, I think is the phrase I'm looking for. Um, child, child raising? Child raising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's always been this, this uh, completely false uh, allegation against uh, queer folks that were, were in some way dangerous. And and, uh, um, and and yeah, well, d dangerous. And now we're seeing the rise of groomer allegations, which mm -hmm. is entirely in that same vein of uh, this sort of you know specter of the homosexual that's existed for decades. Well, like, all this the is not all a the, new allegation. the the data that I've seen on it has shown that uh, whatever the rates are of grooming and uh, predatory behaviors in society in general, you get about the same rates. Mm -hmm. It's I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to you know paint a pretty picture and say there are zero bad people in the queer community. Um, or people with a queer identity. I don't think people want to identify them as being a member of the community. But anyway, um, it's about the same rate. It, it's it's no higher. It's it's not that different. I mean, you should, if you don't trust your children with strangers, you shouldn't trust them with any strangers. I mean, we've already seen that with the Catholic Church and with hockey coaches and children's entertainers. And uh, there was another group that had a huge problem with that church. Boy Scouts. Um, so, I mean, if you have... If you don't trust your child with strangers, you should probably just across the board, double check, do background checks, do security checks, all that usual stuff. Don't target people for being gay. The numbers just aren't there. It's it's at the same rate as as background. So I don't know. It's there's no reason to target them there. There is good reason to put protections for children in society, but there's no reason to specifically lean them towards people with lgbt identities like it, it just i don't know the the numbers aren't there it's and that's just me being very like based and practical about like let's get real about what's happening here it's just it's it's that's not it man like it's i don't know it doesn't work but yeah there are a lot of accusations out there and i think it's probably just because there's been a few high profile cases most of which fell through but i mean the the big one is ezra miller uh, who unfortunately turned out to not only be an actual groomer, but also running a sex cult. Uh, but he's an edge case. He's a he's a bit of a an odd duck, and I think we can all acknowledge that uh, he, it wasn't because he's pansexual. It's because he's just weird, um, mm -hmm. unrelated. I mean, even <laughs> you know, Kevin Spacey is now facing seven more additional allegations from the London Metropolitan Police. You know, oh, this God. is you know, these are these are things that are. Are going, but yeah. uh, is Kevin Spacey the only man accused of inappropriate? Absolutely not. You know, no. there's, there's yeah. the, 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 sadly far more than that. But I don't know. It, it's it's frustrating to see. You know, I really do think that drag queens have become the poster child for demonization of the queer community. But then it makes rod, me yeah. think of, you know, back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, so drag queens have always been the most visible and the most derided uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the queer community. And we've just seemed to have gone full circle to the point that there are over 100 attacks in the States against drag queens and famous drag queens are hiring armed guards. It is truly shocking uh, situation that we live in. Well, we have run out of time. We'll be playing out with Twin Fame Flame by Kate Renata. Not a Christmas song, as far as uh -huh. I'm aware. Uh, I've been Luke Smith. I've been Sebastian, and thank you for listening.
your mouth in the barrel with the shade around you. <laughs> you always be the same as I am. You're pretty with the rain and all that. You even give me brains and all that. You let me tell I'm gray and on me in the barrel. It must be nice. <laughs> hey, when your mood is that dead right. Hey, when your groove is that dead tight. What am I doing? Am I that nice? <laughs> Who would have knew you live up to the heights? What do you call it? Call it a godsend. Even when it's two in the morning. Playing in the garden, tail wagging while you're marching, my goddess. Now that I got a handful, never taking the clothes off of anything. 